but as we we're reaching out to speakers, we're, we're asking them to make us laugh and make us cry, but make us think, make us lean in and say, wow, play with our emotions and play with our minds, but get us to, to wake up and, and recognize the, the opportunity and the good stuff going around. So you're not gonna hear a bunch of talks about people complaining about the ills of society. You can find that anyway. We have a lot of ills we need to deal with, but we're gonna talk about things that are working uh, for this day. In addition to being a little like a ray of hope, I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to be a little bit of a kick in the pants, too, because quite frankly, I think we need that. I think we need a little hug. I think we need a little hope. And I think we need a little kick in the pants. And we'll just keep moving forward. A sneak preview of what to expect this year at TEDx Detroit, which is coming up on September 30th. The TEDx series has always been known for inspiring innovation. And that has never been more true than this year. The event is going virtual and organizers Terry Bean and Charlie Wahlberg have had to adapt accordingly. You'll find out how they've done it and what's in store for the 12th annual TEDx Detroit. It's all coming up on Power Forward. This is Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. All right, welcome back to Power Forward. Justin White alongside Mateen Cleaves. And Mateen, as always, how you doing, my friend? Oh, Justin, I am flying high. I am soaring. It's all good. Well, as good as you might be feeling today, I can promise you this. You're going to feel even better after the conversation we're about to have because our guests today are, are dynamic personalities. I mean, I had a conversation with them leading up to the podcast recording, and I'm telling you, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. So, um, <laughs> gentlemen, the, the bar is, is up here. Now you got to jump right over it. There. <laughs> I love there it, man. Are. Wait, listen, yeah. we're gamers. That's how it goes. Um, if we got to jump higher between Charlie and I, if we both jump, at the same time, Mateen might be able to slide a piece of paper beneath us. I'm not sure, man. Like, Charlie, is you? do you have a vertical? I mean, is it like an integer? Yeah. Is that thick? Because mine's about two and a half inches. Still the only, the only thing people describe with me and ups is like, oh, your food is up. Or there's some more wings. I am gravity bound. <laughs> See, there we go. Coming out firing on all off the cylinders. Planet. Yeah. I love not it. light on anybody's feet. Not anybody's. <laughs> All right. Well, you got you got plenty of other attributes that we're going to get into. Uh, we are we are pleased to be joined uh, by Charlie Wahlberg and Terry Bean. Uh, they are organizers of TEDx Detroit, which is coming up on Wednesday, September thirtieth. Uh, it's a huge event. This is the twelfth year of TEDx Detroit, and obviously this year it's the first time. It will be completely virtual. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. We're really uh, excited to have you here. Go ahead, Charlie. You talk <laughs> we're, we're delighted to be here, yeah. You guys, I mean, you guys have known each other long enough. Real one. Have we been in the Matrix the whole time? <laughs> right. Who knows? I, I mean, I was, I was just going to say, you, got, you guys have known each other, you know, what, for, for a while now. You, you don't know how to dance? I mean, come on, stepping on each other's toes already? Come on, let's, let's get the rhythm down. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird, you know, because funny, we normally do these things kind of in person. We can kick each other under the table, right? And I've been kicking the whole dang time, but it's, it's always fun. 
<laughs> That's kind of cool. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a virtual world we are living in. Um, and you know, you you guys, you guys talked about it. Um, you've planned this event now twice. Um, you know, there, there's been so many twists and turns. I'm sure. Um, you actually had Ford Field. Uh, home of, of the uh, Detroit Lions booked for the event uh, all the way back in January. And I'm sure you were super excited about that. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hits and, and you've got to adapt. What, you know, what thoughts come to mind um, when you guys think about all of the, all the different obstacles that have been thrown your way in, in organizing this year's event? It's good to have a great team, man. I know my team knows all about that, but having the right people in the right seats really helps you, whether you got to have somebody come off the bench and, and give somebody a breath or whether you got to have somebody that's just driving down the lane. I'm out of basketball analogies right now. I promise that'll be the last one. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. It's, it's funny you talk about a team, Terry, because whether it's sports, uh, business, or even like, um, you know, most successful people I, I hear that speak and talk or I've ever had a chance to interact with, um, they always talk about their team. You know what I mean? You might see this one person out in the limelight, but you, you break down the layers and, it's, there's, and there's a team of people um, that make these events or make these people, um, you know, and put them in position where they can be successful. One of, one of our producers, his name is, is Sean Lee. He's a photographer by trade, but he really is this spark plug for the team. When you're around him, you feel better about yourself. You feel energized. So it's, you know, I am, I'm a bit of an energy vampire. I am happiest in front of an audience. So you guys are, are real people, people, people. How have you dealt with the isolation? Because I would think you feed off that energy too. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm big time people's person, but I just already just got in my head, this is what it is, okay? You know, we got now it's time to navigate and adapt, and this is what we're dealing with right now. Now, do I hope it get back to normal? Yes, yes, indeed, every day I do. But I just got in my mind, man, that, hey, this is the reality right now, and find ways to adapt and adjust um, with the times that we're in. You can complain about the situation. It doesn't change the environment. Yeah. Exactly. Excuses never, uh, never change the past. They only delay the future. It's a great point. I mean, and you, you do your best to adapt, but everybody's got their moments, right? I mean, um, you, you get tired of talking to the, to the people that, you know, live in your house uh, because for a while that was all the, the social interaction that many of us had. Um, yeah, it's it's been interesting uh to say the least sad. this morning my my cat clicked the unsubscribe button so that's <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know things are, are going south it's over but, you know, so terry is always uh you know terry is the is the taskmaster. he's always driving the team this year this year we're going to be ahead of the game this year coming out of the gate we're going to announce you know the next tedx at the last tedx and so in in January we had Ford Field live, uh, lockdown. Like this is going to be the biggest TEDx Detroit in our history. Maybe ten thousand people. We're going to get thousands of students there, and we are going to inspire Detroit. And this is going to be a revival like Detroit's never seen. And then you think about the last decade from where we were in 2010 to where we are in 2020 and where we could be in 2030, man, the narrative was right in itself. It was so exciting. I just like, we're just standing up there like on top of horses. Give me up. Let's go. And all of a sudden, <laughs> just, oh, but okay. it is neat, you know, kind of the cyclical nature of, of what it is. If you go back to 2009, when we first did the first tax Detroit, 
uh, you know, the narrative about Detroit was not good. Uh, you know, if it wasn't burning, bleeding, or bankrupt, it was not on the news. And so TEDx really started as this lifeboat that, look, the big news is terrible, but there are these amazing stories that are happening. And so we got entrepreneurs and scientists and educators and media personalities just tell their stories. And it was, it, it was really a life jacket for all these creators saying, look, don't give up. You can still do it. Tune out the narrative of the bad. There are a thousand bad things happening a day and a thousand good things happening a day. What are you going to focus on? What, whatever you give the attention to is what's going to grow. And so I feel like we, you know, TEDx evolved into this great celebration of all the cool things happening. And now we're back in where we do need a pick-me-up. We do need a lifeboat. And I think that's where we're headed with this year's uh, event. It's, it's like that. And crazy I how it comes it. full circle, isn't it? It does. And I like the fact that you guys did that. You know, I, I'm from a small community, Flint, Michigan, which is not known for good. You know what I mean? It's a lot of, you know, negativity flying around my city in itself. And I try to bring in, like, I have a free basketball camp, but I, the basketball is a draw. And once I get the kids in the um, gym or whatever, I like to bring in people like yourself and people from all over, you know, successful people from so many different places or different, well, from Flint, from the area, to know that there are successful people from this area. You know, if you look at the media, they don't tell you that. And I, you guys, I tell the kids, you're from a unique place. It's, your road is a little tougher than other kids, but there are people that have been successful from this area and you can do the same thing. So don't get caught up to thinking that you don't have an outlet and you can't make it from some of these communities. And that's such the thing, right? We need examples. If you're starting out right now, you can go out and get on your own path and go. But if you get out, go find somebody that's already ahead of you on that path and follow in their footsteps, life becomes smoother, easier, quicker do that so it's great that you're bringing in examples of what kids can be and we need more of that and that's one of the reasons you know that i'm still involved is it's it's this picture of what is for everybody else and oh by the way i can do it too i i was just gonna you know flint has one of the best cultural centers uh in the state the uh the art museum the science museum, the theater. What a great place to see a show. One of the best speakers we've ever had at TEDx Detroit uh, was Flint's own David McGee, who just woke up the crowd with a great message. Uh, You know, Flint has a lot of problems right now, but also a lot of shining sparks. It's it's indicative of everywhere in, in the country. I just love the fact, you know, that for you guys, this this is not, you know, just about um, bringing uh, together speakers who obviously are about innovation, because that's, you know, certainly a, a huge part of what the TEDx series is about. Um, but like you said, really helping change the narrative of a city uh, and inspiring this whole generation of, of you know, young entrepreneurs. Um, and so many of our listeners, you know, are, are small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, when you guys kind of look back, on, on all, all these years of the conferences and, and kind of think about um, all the inspiration that you've seen. Um, what, what are the thoughts that are, are at the front of your mind? I often think about the people that I met 
at TEDx Detroit and then where they are and what they're doing. So two people come immediately to mind as you were asking that question. And one's a guy named James Fegan and James and I got on and did an uncomfortable conversation right after the whole thing went down at the end of May. And we joined by a couple other people, Kari Turner, who was a TEDx speaker twice, and Sola Oliban. And it was just a, a phenomenal discussion. But James is one of those guys that's out there just leading the way and changing the economics here in the city of Detroit. And the other one is a young man that I met when he was 19 years old in 2012 maybe 18, Delane Parnell. And Delane just went on to raise Series C for his esports company. He is absolutely winning the game. And we were just having a casual conversation at the, the back of the audience. And I was just so impressed because he was so young. And this was a little bit before we had a fully blown high school program. So the fact that he was there and interested and in, dialing in charlie and i got to spend a, a little bit of time with him early on and he's just such a cool kid and what he's doing now he was such a cool kid and what he's doing now is just so expansive right he's he really is winning the game uh you know you know it's every year there's a different talk that kind of resonates with me uh, you know I, I always say the the beauty of tedx is that it gives you things you wouldn't normally bump into Creativity is all about cross-pollination. Now, we become experts in our industry. We go to our conference in our industry. We read our industry trade publications. And TEDx cross-pollinates from architecture and sciences and medical and education and, and brings them all in. So uh, last year, one of the, the talks that really resonated with me was from a baker. And uh, the other one was from a politician. You know, and, Th those wouldn't be talks that I would have heard any other time, but it was what I needed that year. Uh, you know, we, uh, every time we talk about one of my favorite poets, you know, who performed a few times at times, I still tear up and, and you know, there, it, it's right brain and left brain. It, it's, it, it's hard to put into words. There is so much of it that is a feeling. You know, I always say you'll, you'll leave TEDx with, ideas in your head and the fire in your belly rekindled and a spring in your step. But it's really true that it, it is, it is something to think about and something to act on because all the ideas don't do anything if we don't put them into action. So when you're on stage and you're sitting in the audience and you're seeing some of these young entrepreneurs that are either in the audience or on stage and, and you're just down here. So like, Oh gosh, I start doing this at 13. <laughs> I need to get my butt line. <laughs> wow. And, and, and let me dive in here because, you know, just my short interaction with you guys, man, I know it when I see it. And you guys care, man. You guys care. Now, I know, you know, some people, you know, publicly, they do it to make money and they, you know, ain't no telling the reasons. To me, it just seems like you guys really care on impacting young, you know, our young generation or people uh, as a whole, man. So um, am I off on that or, or is why the reason why you guys are in this? I, you know, I use the term selfish altruism all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our friend Benji, uh, uh, he always gives us the quote, uh, uh, was the when Rising tide lifts all ships. Rising tide lifts all ships. Kennedy quote. But, you know, Terry and I are entrepreneurs. If Detroit 
uh, economic ecosystem isn't doing well, neither are we. So yes, we want everyone to do well because when everyone's doing well, we do well. There, there's not a, a finite amount of, of success out there. Uh, so a rising tide whoops all shit. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, Terry. I'm a big fan of saying the better we all get at networking, the better all of our networking gets, right? I spend most of my time helping people get connected, but it's true, right? The better we get at learning, the better all of our learning gets, the better we get at helping, the better all of our helping gets, the better we get at serving, like right behind your head on the flyer, Mateen all the better all of our serving gets, man. And, and, you know, if you looked at the old Motor City Connect site, it had two words, and those two words were better together. And and you're seeing that phrase showing up more and more and more and more. It's like the idea of purpose is showing up, which is which is great. Charlie and I just happen to be uh, on that train a little earlier than most. And, and you guys both, you know, you're both creatives um, at heart. Um, you're both, you know, entrepreneurs um, in your own right. So, you know, when, when you look at uh, all the different speakers you've had, and, and you, Charlie, you hit on this a little while ago, you know, talking about creativity um, is about cross-pollination. Um, you know, how important do you think it is for, for people out there to really uh, go and learn um, from people in completely different industries? Um, like you said, and kind of not just stay in your lane and read, you know, trade publications from what it is you do. Um, in your experience, personally, um, how, how valuable have some of those experiences been? So I I think it's, you know, we go back to Covey, sharpen the saw. Uh, So often when we take a break from our work, we stay at the computer and then we'll go to social media and we we get into the the rage machine instead of feeding ourselves. So I think the best thing a creative can do when you need a, a break from your work is get outside, go for a walk put your headphones on and get a Ted talk in have someone encourage you for 15 minutes, get away from the keyboard and get new ideas in your head. You have to change your physiology and you have to change your inputs because if you're just eating, you know, if you're sitting at the desk eating junk and then reading junk on social media, you're going to be putting out junk on the, on the, uh, in the game. I like that. You know, and Charlie used to talk about this all the time as a, as a marketing guy, as a creative guy that he is, he would go in and he'd pitch clients about, well, no, yeah, you're right. I don't work in this space, but you don't want me working in this space because then I'll produce the same crap that everybody that works in this space produces. I'm going to bring fresh ideas, new information, a whole fresh view of this. And it, and it, clicks, right? It just makes all kinds of sense. So I love the idea of, you know, cross-pollinating and bringing in different different sensory overloads. And, you know, we always talk about TEDx being like taffy for your brain, right? Because there's just so much of this roller coaster ride that you're just all strung out by the time it's all done. Strung out in the most positive way possible, of course. <laughs> Terry, let me, let me ask you, because Terry, you, you talked a little bit earlier about you know, one of your big things is networking. Okay. And we had a young man on our show, and he was talking about, you know, when he first started, he didn't network with other um, public speakers or motivational speakers because it was he made it all a competition, you know. So he, he didn't really network with those guys. And he said when he really started to take off uh, in public speaking or motivational speakers, when he started to network, 
Um, so can you just talk a little bit more about how important networking is? <laughs> I just keep thinking of Adam. I will talk about whether that was him later. Um, here's what I'll tell you for sure, <laughs> right? And this is a mistake most young business professionals make. The people who are most likely to be able to refer you are the people who do the same thing you do because they're going after the same clients you are and may be booked when you're not, right? It's super duper simple, makes a ton of sense. They're not competitors, there's collaborators, right? We always talk about the idea of cooperation or coopetition. You know, it's so very, very important to connect with these people. You can learn from them. You can learn what mistakes not to make from them too, right? But there's all these opportunities. And Charlie said it earlier, we really do live in an abundant world. If you take that mindset with you, there's plenty enough for everybody. I love it. The, the mindset of abundance. It's something we've talked about before, Mateen, on this show, you know, that there's, there's enough out there for everybody. And, and like you said, um, don't look at it as a competition. Look at it at more as a, as a collaboration. Or yeah. you had some made up word, Terry, which I, I liked. I'm gonna have to go look that up after, after the show here. <laughs> I'll, send you, um, I'll send you a link to all my made up yeah, words. Yeah, your, uh, your, your entire dictionary. That'd be great. <laughs> well, so, word so let's ask Terry about his license plate someday. <laughs> Probably not right from the podcast, but it's a good story. Uh, yeah, this this is a family show. We uh, we try to keep it that way at least. <laughs> so uh, no, so let's 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 talk about this year's event. You know, because like you guys said, um, Ford Field is, is booked back in January. January, then you got to, you know, take, take a different path with it. Um, and now the event's coming up. So, you know, how, how have you guys kind of put the whole thing together? Cause obviously you have, you have high expectations for yourselves cause you've been doing this, um, for a long time now. So, so as the event uh, draws near, um, what are the emotions, uh, I guess, for, for both of you? I, I think one of the things that drives creativity is constraints. It's amazing when you put an obstacle in front of us, we figure out how to get, get over it. And Terry for years has tried to get one speaker and he can never fly in. So this year, all that changed. Terry, give us the story. Oh man, I'm a Simpsons nut, right? Like the amount of stuff that I've missed on Sundays at night because I had to watch the Simpsons is like 25 years of stuff, man. But years back, 2013 or so, we, one of our board members said, Hey, did you know Al Jean graduated from Harrison High School in Farmington? And I knew who Al Jean was. He was the, is the executive producer and showrunner for the Simpsons. And he's been with the show so long that he named episode one, right? So he's been there the whole time. Um, so I've been asking, asking, I tweet him, we exchange some messages every year. Nah, we're doing a table read every year. Nah, I can't make it that day. Cause we always do it in the middle of the week. And every year I'm like, what well, can I ask you again next year? And he said, and he's always said yes. And so this year I tweeted, Hey Al, it's that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I didn't even have to ask. And I was wow. like, wait, what? Did you understand the question? Hold on a second. I was, I was super excited for a minute. Needless wow. to say, I'm really giddy about it. <laughs> and and the, it's almost like the, uh, you know, the blessing in disguise because, the, you know, he's, he can do it virtually. Sure. So, it's, so it's a whole lot easier. So little did you know, you know, you, you lose Ford Field, but you, you gain the white whale, uh, if you will, uh, in, in Al Jean. It's uh, it was it was pretty amazing, man. I'm 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 still a little high off of it, and it's been like a month now. 
Oh, man. That's That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And it's funny. Going through this pandemic, is, it sucks. You know, we all, I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's a good word for it, but it is um, situations, you, you, I mean, you can kind of make it, help it better, you, uh, I, I would say. Um, even like, it's a lot of people, I know, you know, some successful people, right? And a lot of times you're getting the voicemails or you're leaving a message. Man, when this pandemic hit, they were picking the phone up, you know, certain people that was calling right back, you know, you needed something or, so I hated that we went through this, but I was one of those people that took full advantage of people having to sit still and reaching out to some folks and getting some things done. News from the outside. <laughs> 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 That's it, man. My uh, my mantra on this whole thing is keep your chin up, keep your head down, and keep moving forward. Right? Mm-hmm. I came up with that in March and I've been using it ever since. That's all we can do right now. That's right, man. About it earlier about you know you gotta you can only control so much. Like you were talking a bit ago, I just kept thinking serenity prayer, serenity prayer, serenity prayer. That's all we got, man. Control the yeah. as my friend Phil would say. And you guys are really looking to, you know, convey that through the conference this year, right? I mean, you're not just looking this, looking at this as, you know, a platform for, you know, ideas and for innovators and for, you know, business strategies and so on and so forth. You guys are really looking at uh, this year's event as a, as a purveyor of hope uh, because let, let's face it, we all need that right now. Now, if you look at, at where TED originally comes from, TED was an acronym for technology, entertainment, and design, three fields that drive innovation across the economy. And so as we were reaching out to speakers, we're, we're asking them to make us laugh and make us cry, but make us think, make us lean in and say, wow, play with our emotions and play with our minds, but get us to, to wake up and, and recognize the, the opportunity and the good stuff going around. So you're not going to hear a bunch of talks about people complaining about the ills of society. You can find that anyway. We have a lot of ills we need to deal with, but we're going to talk about things that are working uh, for this day. Yeah, I would, in addition to being a little like a ray of hope, I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to be a little bit of a kick in the pants too, because quite frankly, I think we need that. I think we need a little hug. I think we need a little hope. And I think we need a little kick in the pants. And we'll just keep moving forward. Mateen, that sounds like a page out of your playbook right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I love it. Yeah, you got to hit and come from different directions, man. And, uh, you know, be that Army Swiss knife, man. And, 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 I love it, man. You, you know, one thing I will say that you guys got me fired up. You know, I, I, I'm tuning in. It's virtual. It, it definitely work out for me. So I'm excited, man, to get in there and, and listen to some of these speakers so I can get better. Love it. And we're excited to have you figure out how to apply next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, sp- Speaking of, Terry, you know, the application process, you know, obviously that, that changed too, right? <laughs> um yes yeah all that yeah yeah man yeah, in all sincerity um we actually did away with it this year yeah and this is the first time um i think in 2009 we may not have had an application process i think charlie and i just went point 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 you 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 um but after that it's been a part of the excitement part of the mystique part of the overall opportunity was to apply to get on that stage and as heartbreaking as it was to not go through that the truncated sessions, the all shorter, the different time, um, the shortness of time to prepare, all of it. It's just like, plus we have a list of 11 years worth of speakers that for various reasons. So 
in well, uh, we get we get we get hundreds of applications every year, and you know one of the most heart wrenching uh, things is to go through and say, "Gosh, this story doesn't make the cut," even though you know so many you could have a seven day conference and have great talks all throughout, but. One thing we talk about as we're curating the show is that it's a stew. And if we have the same ingredient again and again, even though this is such an inspiring story, we already have one person bringing that ingredient in. We need different stories to make TEDx work to be this inspiring cross-pollinating event. So it is really tough to tell people no. And there are people who it's been a no this year and we'll get you next year. And that and that's happening this year. So. Tell, tell our listeners, guys, you know, more about the dynamic with the two of you. Um, you know, you guys go back a ways. Um, how you first got hooked up with TEDx, you know, how this became, uh, you know, your baby, so to speak, that you guys were both going to invest so much time into. As Charlie's baby, man, I just invest in Charlie. <laughs> you just change, you just change the like, diapers? I'll be, listen, man, I'm like that, that you know, far away father that took off for a little while but keeps popping in. Maybe makes a, <laughs> makes a check every now and again. No, man. Char- no, it's his love for this that just continually makes me smile. So go ahead, man. Tell him. So, so tell him Terry and I did a lot of uh, public speaking. We would, we, were, we would kind of do tag team, finish each other's senses, things on the speaking circuit. We did a lot of social media training, a lot of marketing training. And, uh, you know, as a, as a professional speaker, Ted was always, you'd watch a Ted talk to learn from the best. And you could never get into a Ted conference. It was $10,000 a ticket. They had a waiting list. You had to apply to get in. So when they announced the TEDx program to kind of expand Ted to cities, uh, I emailed in and said, oh, this sounds great. I'd love to help with the Detroit show. And they emailed back and said, uh, oh, great. Okay, you're in. I'm like, great. Who's in charge? And they said, well, you are. And I said, well, who's on the team? And they're like, you are. So I called Terry in a panic, like, what do we do? And Mr. Network, you know, again, this flips open. In the old days, they were Rolodex. <laughs> this person's a speaker. A little black book. Organize. This person's got a room and, you know, Terry is the the Felix in the magic bag of tricks. He's always got the the contacts you need to, to make it happen. So, so now you guys. I mean, it's been a while. You guys have been doing this for a while now, right? Oh, I mean, do you guys ever like sit back and just like, wow, you know, look what we've built, you know, and have those ones? Because I know you always grind, and I get that part. But do you guys ever get a chance to sit back and just? You know, look at it, you know, interact with each other like, well, damn, man, look at, look at, look at this. You know, every year in the third, so we do three sessions throughout the day. Usually mm-hmm. the third section is the first time I'll see Terry in the day. I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, we have an incredible team. Our, our board's a, a dozen people that volunteer their time all year. And, you know, Terry's just recruited specialists in every yeah, you know, we've got geeks, we've got artists, we've got organizers, we've got speaker coaches and, and volunteer wranglers that all put this together. So the heavy lifting the day of is done by the team. And, you know, we have 100 volunteers at the event. So it's, uh, you know, Terry and I are out front a lot of the times, but 
this doesn't happen without just the incredible team that we've recruited over the mm-hmm. last 12 years. That's for sure. Yeah. The, to the person, every one of them is amazing. Um, you know, it's funny. We're about, uh, we're about a week away in the timeline from when I normally say to my wife, don't let me do this again next year. Don't just don't, <laughs> just don't let me, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm out. And then, and then about an hour and a half after Charlie was talking about where we meet at the third session, we're normally sitting and having a cocktail somewhere after the show. And it's in that moment and I'm sitting around and I'm looking and we're at a happy hour with a bunch of people buzzing around being all people all right, let's start next year. <laughs> there is, you get the tingles, you know, oh, yeah. when you're at, you know, I, I cry at every year's show during some talk or some performance. It just gets you because it, 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 it is input overload and it's wonderful and, and makes you keep going. Just when I thought I was out, they sucked me back in. <laughs> So you know what that reminds me of when I used to run marathons, I'd get to the end, you know, and obviously my body is completely just physically broken. And I'd say to my wife, I'm done. You know, don't let me do this again. I'm not doing another one. I'm, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. A couple of days later after I can, you know, walk again, I start looking at the calendar. Okay. What's my next one going to be? You, you just, you know, you, you get addicted to it. You do. If it's something that you're really passionate about you, no matter how, how much of a toll it may take on you, um, physically, emotionally or mentally, you, you want to keep doing it. Um, but when you guys were talking a little bit, Charlie, you were talking about, you know, some of the, the experiences that you guys both have in common. The fact that you're both, you know, public speakers, um, comfortable being on stage, comfortable talking to groups of people. So I, I want to get both of your takes on this because I think this will be interesting for our listeners. What in your mind makes a great, not good, a great public speaker slash presenter? So I, I think there are three things that you need to really knock it out. Uh, As a speaker, if you're not excited about what you're talking about, if you don't believe in it, why the hell would anyone else? So you are a passion transference device. That's your first job as, as the speaker, to bring things to life, to breathe life into an idea. So you need that passion. You need incredible visuals. I always say your, your slides are the flavor flav of your presentation. You're Chuck D, you are out there as the MC, your visuals are, you know, standing behind you saying, yeah, what he said. Uh, that's a little more Michael Stitt's spot. Is that, is that your, yeah, the, Wait, the is that your Flavor Flav impersonation? No, that was I'm, horrible. I, I have no Flavor Flav. <laughs> I just, oh, okay. I just, <laughs> and then you have to have the idea. So what, you know, entertain us, make us laugh. I always like to say, uh, Learning is so much easier when you're laughing. So Terry and I always trying to inject a little humor, usually successfully. Uh, low bar, business, low bar. Right, so if, if you have an idea, if you have great visuals and great passion, you can uh, convince someone of, of your uh, of what you're trying to talk about. Terry, what, what would you add? So I, I, I have three kind of bars too, right? Uh, I use the word inspiregitating all the time. So mine are, you've got to be inspiring. Yeah, I love it. That dictionary is going to come in handy after we record this. <laughs> it's, the whole, it's called beanisms. It's really easy. Um, inspirational, right? You gotta, you gotta bring something from deep inside of you and be able to place it deep inside of them. Um, 
educational. They got to learn, right? They've got to learn something. Otherwise, why are you there? And then to Charlie's point, we learn better laughing. So entertaining. It's got to, it's got to entertain. And I, you know, Charlie talks about passion. I talk about energy. Um, you know, Charlie and I are very different. I, I can stand in a corner of a room facing a wall in a camera and I can present the same way I could present if I was standing facing a thousand people. It doesn't matter to me because I'm going to bring a pile of energy and share it. Charlie is a former rock star guy, gets up on stage, sucks some energy in from people then channels it right back out to him. Right. But he's got to, he's got to have some, he's got to get some to give some. So it's a, in there, I, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters as long as at the end of the day, you're putting the energy in the people, how it starts doesn't matter, but it's got to get there. It's got to have that transference. Oh, yeah. I, if I could give one skill to every business presenter is please, please, for the love of everyone in your audience, never read a slide to them. Don't, you know, Verbatim. Don't separate your visuals from your speaker's notes and never put a slide up that says, well, you can't see, but what this chart is communicating, you just suddenly couldn't see it. Why are you showing it? Break it down. Find new ways to visualize your information. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great advice. And I, and I hope our listeners are really paying attention to that because I've been in some of those audiences when that has happened. Okay. Now, well, let me ask you guys this because public speaking, probably is one of the most scariest things ever, you know, for people, you know, the, the average human being. So what advice would you have for someone? Cause I, I speak to leaders all the time and all of them said, well, I didn't want to get into leadership because I didn't want to have to speak in front of the, my team. And sometimes a team is only 10 people. So what advice would you have for some people that's just terrified of public speaking? For me, it's all about the reps. It's the same as basketball. Mm -hmm. in fifth grade when they threw the ball to me at the buzzer I froze you know (laughs) and the first time on stage you know the first play I was in I was like my gosh there are people looking at us and now that's you know part of part of the game so it's about getting the reps so speak at your church speak at your chamber of commerce speak at your company wherever you can volunteer to get in uh, back when, before the pandemic, we would say, you know, go to a PK night. A PK night are little five-minute speeches that you share with uh, your, your one idea with people. It's like a mini TED Talk where there's Ignite Talks. Uh, go to an open mic night, but it's get in front of an audience. I'm a fan of knowing your stuff, which obviously getting in front of the audience helps. But realistically, know your stuff to the point where you know you know it better than whoever you're talking to does, right? Mm. Because that breeds a level of confidence. If you know, like I, they can challenge me, but I got this. You're gonna, it's gonna be easier for you to communicate that message. And then to the earlier point, recognize that it is one of the greatest fears on the planet, right? People are talking about it being higher than spiders and higher than flying and higher than death, right? Like you're more afraid to stand in front of people and talk or just assume that you're already a fool and you don't have to worry about making a fool out of yourself and it's no problem. (laughs) You know what? Don't, don't take yourself too seriously. I mean, everybody loves someone who's self-deprecating, right? You can poke fun at yourself. Um, That that's always been one of my big things, no matter who I'm speaking to. And you know, when you, when you guys are talking about, um, 
or when you were answering Mateen's question about, you know, keys for people who may be afraid of public speaking kind of got me thinking. Um, it's kind of similar when it comes to somebody who's in sales, right? When you're trying to pitch a client or maybe you're trying to, you know, gain new business. Um, it seems like some of those same strategies uh, apply, uh, to that extent as well, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I, it's so fashionable in our culture to say, uh, I give zero blank, you know, or zero, zero blanks given. And I think the secret is the exact opposite. You've got to give a blank, you know, you, you should never phone it in unless you're ordering pizza and then you better order enough for all of us, but you've got to, you've got to show up. You've got to care. Like why would anyone want to hear you if you don't care about what you're talking about? That's amazing and a really good point. It is. That's facts. Yeah, if you don't care, if it ain't important to you, why should it be important to me? That's right. Yeah, I'm never going to let something be more important to me than it is to you if it's your thing. Give me a break. Why would I do that? <laughs> my, my nightmare scenario is always someone leaves a talk that Terry and I give and say, oh, that could have been an email. You know, we are hoping that you, you know, you're getting information, as Terry said. We, we've got information to share but we are going to try and bring it to life. And so you walk back to your office with like, gosh, that was, that was, that was a great hour. Uh, by the way, by the way, Charlie, sorry, sorry, Terry. I, I think Charlie, I think, you know, Michael Jordan's got that, that famous quote, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I think your, your quote should be, you should never phone it in unless you order a pizza. <laughs> that, that should be yours. Trademark it right now. <laughs> I mean, so the, the way I usually phrase it is life is like the hokey pokey. You got to put your whole self in. If you really want to turn your around, put your whole self in. I was going to ask you guys, you know, tell, tell people out there who are, who are interested in the event. Like I said, it's coming up on September 30th. Uh, it's a Wednesday. Uh, tell, the, tell the people out there what they should know if they're interested in TEDx Detroit this year. Starters, go find us on the Facebook page. That's where the information seems to get out the quickest. We're conveniently hidden there at TEDx Detroit. If you don't like that, you could go find us on Instagram, TEDx Detroit, or LinkedIn, TEDx Detroit, or Twitter, TEDx Detroit. Now, if you don't like any of those options, you can just go to the website tedxdetroit.com right and then you can register and do all the fun stuff actually what i'm most excited about this year um this virtual thing and i we're not done done and i hope we're not telling tales out of school because i think it's going to be awesome but we've got this great partnership where we're putting this little networking platform together and we're going to allow for kind of the same uh synchronicities as it were right when all of a sudden you walk into somebody that you weren't expecting to see we're going to allow for that digitally and i am hopefully before this goes out i'll be able to share and you can write in the show notes who we're working with but keeping that secret in case something goes totally broken because i'm delighted that you know normally this is this is a pretty expensive event to attend it's 75 to 100 bucks to attend and thanks to the good folks at united shore it's free this year we have, in 12 years, we've never had a free show. And uh, that sounds different when you say it as a free show. But I'm really excited that now, you know, there's no barrier to getting these ideas, to getting pumped up, to, to find new ways you can move your life forward, your business forward, thanks to United Shore. So that's, that is, uh, anytime we can, can amplify the ideas worth uh, spreading, that's, that's a good thing. Amazing. Well, we're, we're glad to be on board. I know that, you know, we're all about innovation um, and, and getting better. And uh, we know that this year's event, although it'll uh, it'll look a little bit different, 
uh, it, it's going to be great. So uh, we, we appreciate you guys taking the time to join us on the podcast. And uh, hey, continued success. Good luck. I know you don't need it. Um, I, I look forward, by the way, Terry, to hearing the story this year um, of how that conversation with your wife goes a- after the event, since, since you know you won't be <laughs> running around an arena or, a, or a, a, you know, a conference center or whatever the case may be. I, I look forward to hearing how that one goes this year. Me too, man. I'm sure she's counting down the days. Aren't you normally complaining about this by now? (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, guys. Charlie Wahlberg and Terry Bean of TEDx Detroit. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Let's beat this thing. To make sure you never miss an episode of Power Forward, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now featuring more inspirational stories of success. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Power Forward.